Hello and welcome to the second episode of Two Two Brew. Because <laughs> once again, myself and Matthew are the only ones that are bothered to turn up, despite Ivor saying he was available this evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, it's it's been a few weeks since we recorded. How have you been doing? It has. I've been I've been doing quite well. I've come back to uni since we last recorded. Uh, I've had not nearly as much fancy beer as I would have liked to though so I'm very glad that we're back recording yeah do you know I have taken up gin no I can't stand gin well that's the thing I didn't think I liked gin I thought I hated it but it turns out I hate tonic yeah tonic is rank to be fair yeah it's a discovery I made when well when we were on holiday in the summer last year and um, Mark (laughs) mixed gin with lemonade and coke on the last night when we oh, ran out of beer. No, I'll have you know that was me and James who oh, was it you and concocted James? that those remedies. But I I recalled quite liking the gin and lemonade. Yes, but I was, that was alright. I was quite drunk at the time, so I thought I'd try it again and have it as my first <laughs> okay. drink and see if I still liked it. And it turns out I quite like gin and lemonade. Ah. So I've been having some of that recently, but it's not what I've got this evening. This evening I have got a beer. Uh, made by a company that have in absolutely no way been breaking any US trading laws recently. It's Brewdog's Lost Lager. <laughs> You've actually... I've not heard this this Brewdog news. <laughs> it wasn't actually recently. It was something about importing beers into the US, I think back in like 2016, um, with, oh. with stuff in the beer that wasn't legal in the US. I'm not quite <laughs> I'm not quite sure what. I, I'll be honest, I didn't feel I needed to read the whole news story to know that it wasn't affecting my share prices very well. Um, <laughs> I have what I hope is a, a much less controversial drink. <laughs> Tap Social's Cell Count American Pale Ale. Very nice. Well, I which don't know. I must admit I've already started. Uh, in in the the build up to this episode, waiting for either, so yeah. I can tell you it is quite nice. Excellent, um, and, and yeah, to be honest, I've I've had the lost log on the on on the show before several times. So, anyway, uh, yeah, it's been it's been three weeks since we last recorded. This is actually the first recording session we've done in the new year. So yeah, there's quite a lot of football that we've missed and. We're going to be straight with you. We're not going to talk about all of it because there's been <laughs> too much. Despite COVID's best efforts, there's been quite a lot of matches in the last three weeks. So we're just going to catch up on some of the most recent and biggest stories. So we're going to start with the weekend's Premier League, I believe. Yes, and midweeks. And yes, and the midweeks as well. Uh, because as of recording, uh, we are. In the wake of an unbelievable Tottenham comeback, oh. victory 3-2 over Leicester. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. I saw earlier today that is now officially the latest in a game that a team has been losing and has gone on to win. Really? The previous record being 91 minutes and however many seconds Man City. What, in the Aguero yes. game? Yes, that game. And it has now been beaten by whatever it was, 94 minutes and however many seconds. That is quite a, a record to beat. Yeah. Um, and it's also pretty important as Tottenham keep the pressure on their North London rivals, Arsenal, who they've now overtaken. 
They have. Into, I think, fifth. Are they still behind West Ham with some games in hand? They are still behind West Ham with three games in hand. Yeah, Tottenham carrying on with their their good league form under Antonio Conte. Yes. While, actually, it now looks like Chelsea have joined that chasing pack. Or... Well, yes, I was about to say, Chelsea sitting reasonably comfortably in third at the moment, but when you mm. take into account the games in hand, they are only... Let's have a look. Nine points ahead of Arsenal... With the Arsenal have three games in hand, so yeah. three, three wins would bring them level on points, and they're then eight games ahead of Tottenham who have four games in hand, so could go ahead yeah. of them winning all of those games in hand. Um, so not sitting in the best position. We're approximately a year on from when Frank Lampard got sacked, weren't we? Yes. And let me just look at the table to remind myself. So Chelsea are twelve points behind leaders Man City um, this time last year ish when Lampard was sacked they were 11 points behind top of the league yes I had I heard rumours from some of my Chelsea supporting friends that there were there were murmurings of a, a Tuchel sacking but I thought surely surely not he's had yeah. a pretty successful year they've won the Champions League but with Chelsea, equally, you never know. <laughs> and I was I was discussing with the aforementioned Chelsea supporting friends the the impact of COVID on managers' job security because all the the clubs have taken a financial hit mm-hmm. of some degree. So yes, it is perhaps more important than ever to be getting those top positions to be trying to secure as much prize money as you can and club owners are going to be unwilling to pay the I imagine high wages of managers that aren't doing in their eyes enough to secure those top positions yeah very true and this is for context after they drew with Brighton in quite a good game for a one-all yeah Um, and from memory a deserved Brighton draw Yes, yeah, they they had fought hard, and Chelsea hadn't looked quite on a quite on top of things. Yeah, and the weekend just before that, they they lost to Man City, which some were saying in the immediate aftermath of it, hands City the title, which I think is a bit early to say. Yes, it's. I mean, but it certainly rules Chelsea out. Yeah, I'd I mean, say. City are obviously a, a good squad and have quite a, a hefty points advantage at the moment but there is still plenty of the league left to play and there's plenty of possible unforeseen circumstances that could snatch that away from them yeah and I mean Liverpool if they win their games in hand eight points behind City then they've obviously got to play each other one more time this season yeah if you think Liverpool win that five points five points is doable I mean City they're, they're not like they're not gods I mean if we look back to the game they played against Arsenal the other week which they ended up winning 2-1 I would say up until Arsenal had their 
trademark breakdown in the space of 30 <laughs> seconds, conceding a penalty, getting a player sent off and missing an open goal. Yes. Arsenal were all over them. They were on top and mm-hmm. I, I would say clearly the better side. So, And it's know, not been not impervious to playing poorly. Palace also beat City out of the blue, didn't they? From yes. memory. So yeah. they are prone to a very occasional slip. Yes, there are chinks in the armour. And Liverpool are managing to still get results while not having their players uh, at the Africa Cup of Nations. Salah, Mane and Keita. Results like nil-nil at home to a 10-man Arsenal? Well, I'm not (laughs) counting the League Cup. (laughs) 3-0 against Brentford, however, is very impressive. Yes. Speaking of Brentford, have you seen... uh... Uh, the interview, the post-match interview from Thomas the United Franks. game. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> you wasn't pleased. I was watching Leicester Tottenham, and I was keeping my eyes, my eye on the stats of the Man United game, thinking Brentford actually looked like they're massively outplaying them here. Like yeah. at half time, I think United have had 70 percent of possession, but no shots on target, and like a third of the shots that Brentford had had in total. Yes. I believe his exact words were it was a miracle they weren't 2-0 down at half-time. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, certainly feel for Brentford. Mm. It's not the first time they've been unlucky in the way a result has swung. Although, from the United side, they are probably glad to have got a bit of luck after the Villa result at the weekend. That's the other Premier League game I want to talk about because that was unbridled entertainment with Coutinho coming off the bench United fans on Twitter live were so confident that he was going to do absolutely nothing that they were ready to slander him as he warmed up and then he went and got a goal and an assist to draw to all I'd argue that Villa deserved the win if it hadn't been for Emi Martinez's howler in, I want to say, the eighth minute. Oh, yes. Letting it was, that, wasn't it? Letting that ball in. It could have quite easily have ended up as as 2-1. For sure. But yes, I was just going to go back to Chelsea quickly. Go for it. Uh, possible reason for the, the recent disappointing performances. I don't mm-hmm. want to get too sort of academic, but in my sociology degree, <laughs> <laughs> team dynamics... That's not very academic, don't worry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but the team dynamics and uh, the things that can affect a team that work together like that was one of the things I studied. I, I did an assignment. I did mine on cricket, but I could have easily done it on football. And yes. The, the, it is surprising, and I think a lot of people will be unaware, just how much of an impact things like that... Um, Lukaku interview. Yes, that's what I was going for. I went for a mind blank, completely forgot his name. <laughs> yes, things like the Lukaku interview can have, even even in cases where accusations like that are made, where they are untrue, just the, the fact that someone outside is suggesting it and the, the rumours that then spiral around that can have a really detrimental effect on the way a team works together and the general feeling within a... Um, within a, a changing room. So the the media and, uh, to a certain extent, Instagram meme pages can have quite a lot, quite a surprisingly big impact on a team dynamic. And I just wonder if 
that is one of the things affecting Chelsea at the moment. No matter even if Lukaku is playing as best as he feels he can, it may well mm-hmm. be that the, um, the unfortunate consequences of that interview are that Chelsea have had a downgrade in performance. Yeah, and actually on the the flip side of that, to just briefly go back to United, I thought it could be quite important that Marcus Rashford scored off the bench. Yes, because he because there'd been an awful lot of noise about him recently. Yeah, it's it's come out of nowhere. I mean, he's been performing poorly for a while, and nothing seemed to be getting said about it. And then all of a sudden, there was like this explosion of press. I think there was stuff being said about it before because I think it's been going on for quite a while. We'll all, I'm sure, remember the uh, the Euros final. Well, yes. There was a lot of stuff said after that, mainly along the lines of maybe if he had stopped trying to feed kids and practice his penalties, we would have won. Yes. Um, and I so I sort of think that everyone got a lot of stuff out around then and then sort of lost interest in in making comments and saying things and it's, uh, it's that resurfaced rather than surfaced come, yeah rather than surfaced yeah. resurfaced no that's a good point actually but yeah no it's um, excellent excellent for him um, and possibly very good for Man United you mentioned yes. Liverpool's little hiccup against Arsenal yeah so should we talk about the Carabao we can. Uh, Chelsea knocked out Tottenham. With what three, was that on aggregate? Three nil, two nil in the first leg, one nil in the second. That's it. Um, I understand that I don't watch the game, but I believe one nil was an unrepresentative of the second leg, and that the Chelsea deserved to win by a lot more. Yes, although as it transpired, every Chelsea goal across both legs was very attributable to an individual Tottenham error. Right. So even though Chelsea fully deserved their win, dominated both games, actually, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Tottenham could have won against the run of play. Right. Because, I can't remember now who was at fault for all of the goals, but certainly one of them was the Galini corner he he came out and just totally missed the ball i think this was the second leg's goal rudiger scored a header oh yeah i can't remember the first leg now it was that long ago but yes. fortunately in the other in the other side of things arsenal and liverpool's first leg was postponed so yes. that is fresh in the memory yes there's a, a lot of game postponing been going on Recently, of course, the North London derby sticking with Arsenal, for which yeah. Arsenal have received a tirade of abuse for having yes. the audacity to ask for a game to be called off when they had <laughs> COVID cases in the camp, having had mm-hmm. having had several other games postponed through no fault of their own. Burnley, yes. ha- Burnley even played this year. They've had so many <laughs> games. They've had so many games postponed. Liverpool called off the first leg. Of um, of the the cup of, tie. Yeah, with I I saw something about it right, because there was something really bizarre with their tests that they were all positive and then and then when they, they were, were all checked, negative. Yes, I understand that there were rumours that they were going to be investigated, but then it was announced that no investigation was necessary, even though they had announced that they had had I can't remember x many number of COVID cases, and then mm-hmm. when when they were. 
tested again, it turned out they only had one. Yes. And uh, I understand it wasn't just Arsenal. I understand several clubs who complained specifically about Liverpool fake oh, results. Really? But no investigation has taken place. I think I saw a story on The Athletic. Well, I didn't see the story because I don't have a <laughs> subscription, but I saw the headline. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it was saying that there was some... The tests that they'd used were wrong. Like right. they were well, they were obviously wrong, but they were dodgy. Like they they didn't work, uh, which is why they got the positive results, presumably. But then I also saw something saying like Liverpool had tested negative, loads of them. Right. And then it, the positive tests were a series of other tests that they didn't need to take, but did, and they right. were the dodgy ones. I I might be getting things wrong, but I'm 80% sure this is what the story was saying. Perhaps they've been deploying the old school trick. I say old, the pandemic's not that long. um, Was it orange juice on the test gives a a positive result? Does it? Yeah. I understand it's been used by a lot of sixth formers hoping for a couple of days off school before they have to have have their PCR. Ah. Um, To get a few days off. Um, but anyway, this is a football podcast. Yes. Uh, y- yeah, um, I thought of a pretty valiant performance from Arsenal for what about sixty minutes of their the first with ten men. The first leg with ten men to hold Liverpool at home. I understand that's the first time in a year they've not scored at home, Liverpool. It is, isn't it? That yeah, I can't remember who the team that set the record was last time. But no. you're right; it was a. An impressive stat for a team with playing with ten men and Charlie yes. Tino. Yes, after Granite Xhaka decided that Jota had too many ribs intact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and could <laughs> this be? We we, didn't, we hadn't even planned to talk about this, but could after all that Granite Xhaka has been through at Arsenal, could that be <laughs> the the last game he plays for the club? Oh, who's... if reports <laughs> are to be believed. Oh, imagine! So, yeah, I forgot about that. The what is it? The the betting yellow the investigation card scandal. into the betting inconsistency well, or suspicious that, betting behaviour. But yes, that screenshot I sent the the four four brew group chat. That is the entirety of the information I have received about it. Yeah. It says Arsenal are being investigated, but for a yellow card in the Arsenal versus Leeds game. Well, yeah, James seems to know quite a lot more about it than I'd gleaned from just that Instagram post. He mentioned Granite Xhaka's name, of course, and I've Mm. seen other mentionings of Granite Xhaka. But I don't know if this is all just fabricated by people on social media who are, like, taking the piss out of the fact that Xhaka gets a load of yellow cards and now it's almost moved into the realm of fact. Because when there's some sort of betting or match-fixing scandal... Yes. It normally involves a number of games, not just one not just one incident, does it not? I don't know. I mean, I can't think of the last one. No, I'll I'll be honest, as much as I know everyone hates when I bring it up, the only ones that come to mind for me are the, the, fixing scandals. The sandpaper in the pocket. Yeah, the sandpaper that again that was across a number of games. So I, I failed to see really how one yellow card against Leeds is much of an incident. Well if because they're investigating suspicious betting behaviour. So I presume it could be the case that a load of people, yeah, placed a bet on Granite Xhaka to get a yellow card. But that's Although a pretty, I imagine that's quite a, a lot sound, of people do that anyway. That's a pretty sound bet. 
I imagine the the bookies should be making money if if yeah. anyone's putting a bet on Shaka to get a yellow card. Unless the suspicious behaviour is that they unless the suspicious <laughs> no behaviour is that they were only betting for yellows and not reds. Yeah. <laughs> Or no one was betting at all. And Xhaka had told all his mates, inside story, I'm going to be on my best behaviour this weekend. Don't bet on me this time. Where's the... Do I still have the screenshot? Yes, there it is. The favourite football stat is that in the five years that Granit Xhaka has been at Arsenal, he's had to write 19 Instagram apologies. Oh, yes, I've seen that. That is a top stat. But yes, the the second leg of that Arsenal-Liverpool game tonight at the Emirates... Yes. In, in Interesting, just over an hour. Because I was assuming Arsenal were going to get battered before the first leg, because especially because the the noises coming out of their camp was a, a, a number of absentees through AFCON COVID injury, whatever. Yes. Um, but actually, even though their situation, to public knowledge, hasn't changed an awful lot, no. In the week since, uh, my expectations for the the second leg are, are way more positive from an Arsenal viewpoint. Yes, given that they managed to hold them off at Anfield with ten men, one would hope that at the Emirates, presumably for most of the game with eleven, because Xhaka wasn't playing because he's still <laughs> yes. serving the ban, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that they might hang on. Yes, I think it is a hopeful situation for Arsenal. I'm sure their morale has been boosted by news today that Aubameyang has had further tests on his heart. And is fine. And is fine. Yeah. Um, And the news that Thomas Partey will be returning, having been knocked out of AFCON. Yeah, well, should we we nicely transition to AFCON then? Yeah, it's been a busy tournament. Um, It has. I've enjoyed following it. I have followed the occasional big story but haven't mm-hmm. had too much time unfortunately to to watch any of the games or anything either, yeah. either made the observation a few matches in that most of the games are ending 1-0 and I'm not sure one has since he I'm not sure one has since he made that observation uh, oh no Nigeria Egypt oh no that was one of the first ones because I've scrolled down yeah. um, uh, there was a 1-0 this afternoon ah. Equatorial Guinea beating Sierra Leone um, there have been a couple of big stories, of course. The the refereeing. The referee. What <laughs> game was that? It was um, it was a bit of a a nothing game to to viewers of our ilk. Mm. Not any of the the bigger teams in the tournament. I seem to recall. No, but it, but was, it a... was a massive story by the by the well, I guess eighty ninth minute. Well, yes, because I I seem to recall the goal difference in the game was only one goal. It was either one nil or two one or something. Yes, and the team so, that were behind had a man advantage. Yeah, so they're like, understandably absolutely outraged when the referee blew the final whistle eighty five minutes in. Yeah, it was then corrected and blew the whistle in the eighty ninth minute with no injury time. Despite, <laughs> as I understand it, two penalties had been taken in the second half. There have been three VAR reviews, nine substitutions, and, and a red card. A red card. Yeah. So surely I mean, we were good, talking about match fixing just a good, now. <laughs> a good twenty minutes worth of injury time. Surely that looks like but, um, a prime no, apparently, example of match fixing. Apparently, his not? watch was running fast. So. Oh. No, that's that's a joke I've just made, not an accusation. <laughs> oh shit! Well, it would make sense. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, it surprises me with all the 
technology and things that that sort of thing can happen. I'm sure he wears an earpiece. Surely someone just goes, "Hang on a minute, mate. We've <laughs> we've got ten minutes worth of match to play here," and yeah. he just carries on. But I assume that is something that's still within the power of the referee that they can blow the final whistle <laughs> really when, early when when they like. Um, it seems. Well, I understand yeah, them. I don't well, going back to the Leicester Tottenham game, which we briefly mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, that did Tottenham not score the winning yes. goal in the seventh minute of the five minutes of added injury time? Yeah, but injury time is always a minimum of. Mm. So in theory, more injury time would have been added for Tottenham celebrations. Yes, I think no, there was that a is, penalty shout. So that makes sense. But that is true. But it, it seems that with the referee being allowed to use their judgment to go over the allotted amount of injury time, the referees can also apparently use their judgement to enter the game pretty much <laughs> early. they fancy. It's a maximum of a 90-minute football game. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to end it in the first five, it's perfectly within the referee's <laughs> Yes. But, do you know, it wouldn't... Well, I'd, I'd, I mean, I haven't glanced at the FIFA rulebook for, for those sorts <laughs> of things. No, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's one thing that gets overlooked. Everyone assumes that... Maybe... <laughs> That that you know that, that it's decided that the football game is ninety minutes, but it might be a loophole in the rules that says well, a, a ref can do various things to call off a game before time. So as, as maybe I, it's somewhere in those rules. As as I'm as I'm facing less opposition, as it's just the two of us again, I'm going to bring up cricket. Um, <laughs> it was some years ago, and I cannot remember the name of the player, but it turned out there were, at the time, no rules that dictated that a cricket bat had to be made out of wood. And a, a cricketer oh. turned up to bat with a bat made out of aluminium. That is innovation. He was not allowed to use it for very long, because it absolutely destroyed the the leather and cork ball that they used to play with. Oh, of course. completely ruined it, and he was told he had to go back and get a wooden one, please. <laughs> But there was nothing at the time that dictated the material that the bat had to be made out of. <laughs> to get back to AFCON, mm. um, I must say I've been disappointed in the coverage, firstly. Yes. It goes back to what Ian Wright was saying before the, the competition started about it being... A, being and did you see the screenshot going around of... I think it was... The lineup that Sky had presented on their coverage of Algeria's eleven for the first match. No, I so, don't think so they'd set them up in a four-four-two. Could say like fair enough, even right. if Algeria don't play in a four-four-two, you may uh, you can excuse not knowing the system that a team is playing. Yeah, but the players on the pitch were basically going from bottom to top, goalkeeper to striker. Yeah. and left to right in numerical order of shirt number. Right. So the goalkeeper number one was in his correct position. But then, for some reason, a lot of their, their low number players that you'd expect to be in the starting 11 were not. So by, like, right centre-back was number seven, Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> so on fucking Sky Sport... They'd let the intern or something... They've, just put real like this is what I don't understand as someone who is interested in football mm. how how can someone with a job at Sky Sports not know enough about no. football to see that and go hang on a second Riyad Mahrez who yeah. plays for Man City in the Premier League that is, is a winger that's very poor 
I mean, I'd I'd like to try and give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it was they plugged it into some computer system that yes, put them in number perhaps. order or something. But still, that should be being checked before it's going on air. Yeah. And then the other thing I think has been disappointing, although I don't know how much they can do about it, is pitches. Have you seen a various number of incidents that seem to have been caused by a poor pitch? I have I'm thinking not. particularly that it was Ivory Coast, I think Sierra Leone, second round of group games, finished right. two all. Um with Sierra Leone scoring a very late equaliser when the keeper came and claimed the ball and as he sort of fell onto it with his with the ball in both his arms tucked into his chest oh. his knee caught in the ground on like a bobble yeah and it sent him flying into the floor yeah no I did see that and the that. ball bounced out from his chest and the striker could tap it in yes no I did see that one so I think because it's been well covered in some quarters how good the players at the Africa Cup of Nations are, like individual talents that they've got yeah. will match any other international competition in the world for any other confederation. But the the systems around them, be it the officials, the coverage, the pitches, don't seem to be up to the same standard, which is just quite disappointing. Yes. But away from that, the, the the major stories of AFCON so far, with I believe one group left to be played this evening. Ghana have finished bottom of their group. They're going out. Yeah. And holders Algeria are also bottom of their group and going out. I looked at the the squads before the tournament, and I have to say I thought Ghana were in with a decent shout, but I would certainly no longer, obviously, because they've come bottom of their group, no longer say that. I think, Yes. I don't know about you, I'm looking at Cameroon, looking impressive, yep. the hosts. Um, their striker, Vincent Abubakar, is the only player to score more than twice in the group stage, right. with five. And I think Nigeria are looking really good. I believe they're the only team with a 100% record coming out of the groups. They are. Um, Morocco also top their league uh, and to be fair as well Ivory Coast have looked decent having just beaten Algeria 3-1 yes also top in their group yeah but could be some interesting ties further in the tournament as we go into the knockouts but yes I think there have been uh, some decent bits of action I believe for some Premier League players Naby Keita I've seen has scored quite a few goals oh yeah Nicholas Pepe's had a few goal involvements. Yeah, I assume Salah has scored. I don't Salah's think scored. I think Mane so has scored. scored. So yeah, from a Liverpool point of view, their big two are, are going through. Arsenal, as you mentioned, Thomas Partey coming back, and Man City, Lavriad Mahrez coming back too. Yes. Along with the Algeria and uh, Ghana cup sets, we had some more of them, but on home soil in the FA Cup which has also happened since we last recorded yes I'd say some biggest stories Newcastle knocked out by Cambridge yeah um, with newly signed Kieran Trippier playing what a what a time he's had uh, only a month before he was playing Champions League football and yes now he's been knocked out of the FA Cup um, big upset with Arsenal obviously as well knocked out to Nottingham Forest 
A team for the that second time in like five years. A team they just can't seem to beat in the FA Cup. But most other things were pretty standard. Most of the did all the other Premier League teams get Prem through? wise I mean they didn't all get through. But I think the only other ones that went out might have gone out to other Premier League teams. So for example yeah. Leeds lost to West Ham. Yes. Tottenham were pretty close for a while. They were one 0 down to I want to say yeah. Morecambe and then had to bring Harry Kane but, on to, to win two or three one. Yes, they did. But the, the other big upset was Kidderminster, who, going into the third round with the lowest-ranked team left, beat Championship Reading 2-1. And they now go on to play West Ham? They do, and I'm really glad that they do. Not just because it was an upset, but because, obviously, we, we all know and are told every third and fourth round how much the, the money from a game being on TV means to these minnows. Yeah. And Kidderminster, despite being the lowest ranked team drawing a championship team, you know, still a relatively high division club, they were not on BBC or ITV's coverage. And Kidderminster are hosting as well, I believe. Hosting West Ham. Oh, yeah. and they, Yeah. So they've missed out on a lot through not having that game uh, on telly. So yeah. fortunately, and I think in a sort of twist of justice, they've managed to get past Reading and they, they will be on telly against West Ham and they will be getting the paycheck they deserve yes. for a very impressive cup run. The other draws I can remember off the top of my head, Chelsea are coming down to my neck of the woods to play Plymouth Argyle oh. at home. Plymouth they, and They're hosting Plymouth, actually. Nottingham Forest, having knocked out Arsenal, will go to Holders Leicester. Or will host oh Leicester, yes, for a derby. Which way than that was. So I, I wish Leicester all the best. <laughs> Fucking Nottingham Forest. They they host Leicester as well, Forest. They host Leicester. Cambridge having beaten Newcastle, are hosting Luton. So another team above them. Yeah. Other than that, nothing really stands out as a particularly competitive or noteworthy fixture. Tottenham Brighton could see. Uh, a shock depending on what you would call a shock in that fixture Brighton are looking pretty decent at the moment uh, but, but Tottenham yeah. are as well oh um, actually Man City Fulham that's the the Prem front runners against the Championship front runners and Fulham have scored another stat I have brought to the, the podcast this evening Fulham have on. scored five goals or more in three successive games oh interesting do we have any more men's football to talk about? No. Will you permit me 30 seconds odd on women's football? Oh yeah, go for it. I don't have too much to say really. The women's football like men's football has been similarly affected by COVID with games being called off left, right and centre. Arsenal still sit top of the table, but it is all looking shaky at, um, at Arsenal's women's team having now lost two games on the trot. They suffered a shock defeat to bottom of the league, Birmingham City, who up until that point had scored six goals in all competitions this year, put two past the league leaders to mean that Arsenal stay top with 25 points, but Chelsea below them with a game in hand are only four points behind, so look to close that gap. The second game they lost was then in the Conti Cup to Manchester United, 
not necessarily yeah. a shock because Manchester United's women's team has been vastly improving. Um, that United joined Man City's women, Tottenham's women, who managed to beat Liverpool and Chelsea. So there's top teams really. There's not too much upsetting there. The only major incident really of the Arsenal. Manchester United game was a flying tackle by a United player I can't remember into Beth Mead looking to replicate the Xhaka Jota challenge um, almost perfectly kicking her in the ribs um, but receiving only a yellow card as a result of that yellow card uh, Jonas Heidevall the Arsenal manager then also got a yellow card for <laughs> losing his shit at her and United's manager whose name I can't remember then got a yellow card for losing his shit at him <laughs> I um I was just going to say it's just Mount's increasing pressure on Arsenal, right? Because they've looked good this year, at least until now. Yeah. And with the, the defeat in the league, meaning there is every chance they're not going to come home with the WSL trophy at the end of the season, uh, a cup mid-season yes, if... would have been really good for them. <gasps> I have just got a reply from... Yours truly. I've since when were we recording? Couldn't make it anyway. Sorry. Since Sunday, I message every Sunday asking when we're recording. <laughs> since he, and he said, said I'll be free after Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, those were his exact words. <laughs> oh well. Where At were least we? he replied. I don't think we've even heard from James this week with regards oh, to recording. <laughs> no, not me. Never. Um, Never. But yeah, so all tight in the women's Super League. And now in a sort of quiz-like. End. Shall we go through what would have been on the just 59 seconds of the wheel this week and you can tell me why each team's been in the news? Slash individual. Yeah, go on then. And it inevitably so yeah. I have no idea why they've been go. in the news. Um, Hatem Ben Arthur. No, I don't know. <laughs> formerly of Newcastle fame. Um, a, a, a load of years ago and then he's since played for PSG. Had a really good season at Nice. Uh, playing alongside Mario Balotelli. He has just signed uh, on a free for Lille, and I thought he was shit now, but apparently not. I don't know why they've signed him, to be honest, but he's back in the game. I know you know this one, Gary Neville. Oh, yeah, running for, or considering at least, running as um, for Mayor of Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen that. Joined and, um, the Labour Party. Yeah, and uh, he has my full support. <laughs> And I'm, uh, the, the official support of 4 4 Brew officially endorse. Listen, Gary this Neville is a football as... podcast, as we said earlier. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a former footballer. Okay, fair and enough. 4 4 Brew officially endorsed Gary Neville in his bid to become mayor of Manchester. Eric Cantona. There are a lot of names this week. Ah, I have seen this. I remember seeing the pictures of him. He said something. I want to say he was condemning an idea or something. Yeah. Yes, he won't. He won't be watching the World Cup in Qatar. Correct. Yeah. He has has made his one of his many brief but impactful delves into the the media. Uh, yes. Usman Dembele. This is recent. Oh, I yeah, I just saw this earlier today. I think um, that is told he's told he's going to be sold because he hasn't signed a new contract. Yeah, that's what I read earlier today. Is there anything else? No, that is that, that is, is it. it. Him and his him and his agent have sort of been playing around with Barcelona by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. and now he's gonna be off. 
I'm sure Newcastle's ears pricked up as that was announced. In other quick news then. Yeah. We haven't brought up the new Feath Alone rules, have we? That was pre-recorded no. while we were waiting for either. Yes, yeah, so uh, my bit of interesting news then. I saw earlier today that FIFA have announced there will be restrictions on the loan market starting in 2024. Clubs will only be able to loan in a maximum of six players and they will only be able to loan out a maximum of six players at any one time, which could have a pretty big impact on some of those clubs with the larger squads. As, as, yeah. as, as I'm sure it's no secret now I immediately went and checked Arsenal's list and they currently have 10 players on loan <laughs> so uh, yeah an interesting development but a couple of years before they have to worry about that yet also I've, I've remembered another bit of news I wanted to share with, with whoever was here i.e. just you um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's what could become now a uh, a segment every episode because they do so oh. much good work. Drogadi United. Oh, up the drops. Uh, they were. I don't know if any more have joined them since I saw the story, but I believe they have become the first club in the top league in Ireland to end all partnerships with gambling companies. Oh, that's really good. That's a, that's a very noble thing to do. Speaking of collaborations, yes, Arsenal in their. <laughs> <laughs> In, in, in their effort to fill the void left by their inability to release a European range of training clothes this year, <laughs> they have, have collaborated with that, that icon of British fashion, uh, Transport for London, and have today released <laughs> their, their, their new training range. It's not even based on it; just is the pattern from from some of the London underground seats. <laughs> it's well, I've got I love it, and as Matt knows, because I sent him a message earlier, I've already ordered mine, and it's due to be delivered. <laughs> it's due to be delivered early next week. Is this going to result in like a mass boycott of TFL from Tottenham fans? Well, <laughs> one could only hope. But the appreciation for the shirt, because you replied to my screenshot saying that it wasn't too bad. Yes. And I love it. But I think it, I think proximity to London influences how much you appreciate this shirt, because when I showed it to my friends at college, they all thought it was disgusting. Final word on collaboration. Yeah, just in case anyone listening wants to collaborate with us, because there are clearly now spaces up for grabs on the four-four <laughs> yeah, brew you, team if sheet. You'd like to to a, if you'd like to reply to be a host on a part-time, one-off, or permanent basis, message us on Instagram. You can find our account four dot four dot brew with two W's. Um, or email it's not us got any dots. Is it not? Oh, the, no, the that's the that's the email. Oh, four four brew with two W's. There's the email that has dots. It's for the word dot for the number dot brew at gmail dot com. Please, please email us. We haven't received an email in months. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, we've we've managed to fill nearly an hour's worth of recording. So I was going to say that me and Matt are clearly the meat in this four four brew sandwich. But as neither of us eat meat, that seems inappropriate to say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're now using this time to plug our plant-based agendas. Yes. Um, and while, Don't eat while, meat. while we're plugging, while we're plugging things, there there is a new. In fact, there might be multiple new on the blog. Blog. That's the one. Blog posts 
4.4.brew at medium. Uh, at shit medium.com forward slash at 4.brew there we go Uh, yes the most recent being um, Marseille's attempt to acquire every Arsenal player (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, but very very much worth the read if you've got the two or three minutes that the site recommends Um, but thank you very much for listening to to this second episode of Tutu Brew. Um, with, with any luck, at least Ivor, maybe James will be back with us next week. We know it's Ivor you're all listening for because I have the stats <laughs> for the episode, so I know that the ones that he's on perform better. Um, but... Should we title this Ivor is here? <laughs> Ivor does feature this episode. I may have to because I know for a fact that our worst performing episode is the one, <laughs> the one called <laughs> the one where Ivor never turned up. Well, that sounds like. It's going to have to be done. If you were here for either and you got clickbaited, fuck you. But do keep listening, yeah. and we're glad you did. Yeah, so um, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>